Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to Double Exposure and their game design convention Metatopia at Metatopia Online 2020. These panels have also been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and moderators at this event. Now, let's get to it. Episode 299, NPCs as Design Elements. Presented by Jason Pitt, ZXU, and Cinta Posadas. Hello, everyone! Uh, my name is Jason Pitt of Destiny's of Legend Publishing, and welcome to D51, NPCs as Design Elements. Uh, so, uh, let's introduce the panelists. So, as I said, Jason Pitt, Destiny's of Legend Publishing, uh, and Sin. Um, I'm Sin. Uh, I am Diwata ng Manila on most of my social medias. I am a game designer from Metro Manila, Philippines. My pronouns are they, them. And apologies, my pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Zidak. He, him. I, uh, I, I make scenes and RPG adventures with artist Macau. I make uh, Thousand Thousand Islands. Uh, and I'm currently trying to finish a third draft of uh, an adventure called Maze of the Bucky King, which I'm having trouble with designing NPCs for. That's why I wanted to be part of this, I guess. So, alter motive. Wonderful. So, the core question behind this panel is how can we use uh npcs as an intentional intentional element of game design so i suppose the first question would be really what function uh do npcs serve in games uh i can start i guess um for me uh npcs are they are a bit of a driving force for me. I don't think I've ever actually like run a game or been in a game where an NPC hasn't like affected me as a player uh, or affected my players in a major way. I think that NPCs are a good driving force for, say, plot, for even um, character development of the player characters. They are a good um, anchor for um players to like go back to whenever they feel like they don't remember certain things in the world anymore or they're also like a good place to like uh get their plot hooks they're also like a good place uh they're the npcs i think are also like a good way for you to establish um connection with hmm. for like um player characters to to the world um in uh, advertising, for example, uh, we learned that um, ads that have a face 
a human face do so much better versus ads that don't. So like um, NPCs are kind of like that. They make your world more engaging and appealing. And yeah, that's that's basically what NPCs are for me. Is it is it possible to have a game without NPCs? Uh, <laughs> it no, because, is. No, I'm in. I guess where I'm coming from is the because even when playing the most traditional of like Dungeons and Dragons old school sort of experiences where you like dungeon crawl the 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 kobold with the funny voice is the thing that players get hooked onto in my experience. Uh, so the like the environment very quickly becomes an NPC of sorts. Uh, uh, like creatures are definitely NPCs. Like uh, even uh, and um, um, like a monster is really boring, right? Yep. Uh, uh, so there are odd cases where I'd say there might not be NPCs. Um, so an more. interesting example would be uh, Starcrossed. Starcrossed is a two-player game where, yeah, theoretically there might be two people on a date and a waiter comes by, a nameless waiter comes by to bring drinks. Mm -hmm. But there's no actual... It's functionally just background... uh, a background uh, extra. They aren't really Mm -hmm. a character. Mm -hmm. It's just the two-player characters who are interacting. Mm -hmm. Um... And there might be a few other ones like that, but for the most part, yeah, no. NPCs are absolutely baked in um, to games uh, on whole. Because it's... You can't... You have a really hard time role-playing unless you have things to role-play... With. With. Yeah. Yeah, because I I was... I I come from, like, like... I come from fiction writing, like as a background, and um, even in even in pieces, even in texts where there isn't like an actual persona or a character, there's the the text itself is the character uh, that interacts with the reader. Um, so yeah, yeah I know, and I don't know whether uh, that yeah. kind of gets into no. Oh a, yeah, uh, the personification element is absolutely real. Um, the bar where everyone knows your name is an NPC. A city can be an NPC. Hmm. A religion can be an NPC. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a lot of... Like, it, it all depends on where you put your scope of what is a character. Mm-hmm. Um, to, like, add to that, uh, in my earlier, I guess, like campaigns, um, I realized that a lot of my players weren't really um, very social as well. Uh, they weren't social with each other, and they weren't social with NPCs. So hmm. um, what I did was I gave them a lot of pets. Yes encounter like a lot of random cute animals and they just get so attached and now they just somehow have to save the world because it's the the only world that that this animal lives in 
and like honestly um <laughs> it works <laughs> really well and uh i think that um i think not a lot of my games ha- happen now that there isn't like some sort of cute animal in the background um anything works really and like sometimes maybe that animal will talk i don't know <laughs> the cute anything animal is an the... there's my I... cute animal <laughs> yeah that's almost <laughs> cheating like that's just too good <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 definitely great to work for um, like play by <laughs> i mean i'm just thinking of like avatar the last airbender and, like they like, got a whole Appa. bunch of like Appa and uh, Momo. Momo, yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Those, those are NPCs. Those are NPCs. I'm super attached to them. But we all love them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, there's a there's a portion of Korra where there's a bunch of sky bison that are caged. <laughs> And like, no, this cannot stand. It grabs <laughs> you by the heart. Um because cute animals. Um so uh yeah, so the fascinating thing that I find is there I like I see three interesting and key functions that the NPCs fill. One, they are a anchor between the player character's fiction and the setting. So if I introduce uh, a purple-robed priest uh, with uh, scarification uh, uh, who is helping the orphans, we have explained a lot about the setting. And asked a lot of questions! Um, so that is a anchoring element that brings the fiction of the setting into relevance for the player characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they are used as interfaces for the GM. So as a GM, if I want to give information to, uh, the group, I uh, speak in a funny voice and speak through the mouth of this scarred uh, purple-robed priest. Um, and they can also connect player characters. Because it turns out uh, that that purple-robed priest is Derek's uh, ex-husband. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, is actually uh, a member of the same religious order as um, uh, Lucille. So they work as anchors and sort of as glue. Like, they they connect bits of the fiction together uh, in interesting ways and work as a good communication medium between these different portions of the game. Um, Just a little anecdote. I ran a campaign of Apocalypse World. And unfortunately, my players decided to all play loner player characters. 
um, in an apocalypse that was a frozen wasteland apocalypse. I mean, I'm in Canada. That's kind of the default mode. Uh, 20 feet of snow. Um, so we had one driver who wasn't connected uh, to anyone. You can't control me. Uh, we had a doctor who was a uh, misanthrope. Uh, we had a savvy head. Uh, and we had a gunlugger. So none of them had NPCs baked into their characters. They didn't have a biker gang or a hardhold or any of those handy things that just generate NPCs for you. Which made things super hard because I actually didn't have a good, many good interface points to interact with them to bring pressure. Um, I mean, I can always say, well, your food is running out. You might as well go find someone who has food. But that's an awkward um, approach to GMing. Um, Especially for Apocalypse Now. Uh, sorry, no, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse World, which is very interpersonal, right? Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, I literally had a brainer coming in from the wastes um, that helped. Uh, and I technically, the driver uh, fell in love with his Jeep. Uh, it's Apocalypse World. This makes sense somehow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I had, a, I had to do really stretch to make this work which is the fundamental reason why I started thinking about how important NPCs are from a design mechanism and wondering why the heck aren't we designing NPCs quite uh, that intentionally? I think um, there is a tendency, I guess, to... You know how when something is so baked into uh, the world, or rather a game or um, a sort of mechanic, that you don't even think about it. I think NPCs is one of those things where, um, like, obviously, yeah, you're going to have NPCs. So I guess that's why like people don't really make mechanics that are... Uh, for NPCs, for the creation of, or for the mm. guidelines concerning NPCs. Um, I personally fell in love with the mechanics for like uh, bonds, the bond system in uh, Powered by the Apocalypse. I love the idea that you, there are certain, sorry, my cat is like really needy beside me right now but anyway that's um, a that's an epc with a really, really yes, specific like need. right there the dm's <laughs> yes. trying to tell you something <laughs> yes <laughs> but anyway um i think that uh the bonds uh sort of system of uh powered by the apocalypse where you can um be deeply connected to an NPC beyond just like knowing their name or beyond just like getting the lore and exposition from them was so interesting for me because uh, that was my first encounter of an NPC being like, I guess, uh, integral to the design. 
and um, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. And whenever I I create my games nowadays, I always kind of like uh, bring that in, uh, even if even if like it's not explicitly the PVTA bonds. I always kind of have yeah. some sort of a a few questions or so that tackle that sort of thing. And I think that that's another thing. Like, how can NPCs just be more than pieces for exposition? Which is a good point that you made, Jason, how they are a hook for the PC's, uh, what do you call it? The PC's, like, story versus actual lore. Like, I think yeah. that's a great bridge. Yeah, they they definitely should be a bridge where, um, say... Let's take let's take an example of a common um, player trope where I, I I played in this game before. I was a player where every single one of them ha- their parents were all dead <laughs> somehow. <laughs> every single PC their parents were all dead somehow. But what my GM did was that they they brought in the cousins. They brought in the the aunts and the uncles. And so you can't escape from that, right? <laughs> um, I think that there's always a way to kind of like bring in an NPC that can, I guess, drag in the the PC um, deeper into the lore uh, and integrate them into the full story and the full plot. Yeah. I I my, as as a GM, my jerk instinct is to then. <laughs> drag each of them into their therapy sessions and they all share the same therapist. <laughs> I love that. Because all their parents are dead. Are dead. <laughs> like, there's some yeah. grief counseling going on there. So I'm, I'm, I'm can I uh, can I ask where the because like I mean, full disclosure, I don't uh, I don't. I didn't design a lot of games from the from the from the uh, first principles up, uh, and uh, I, I also tend not to play a lot of games which have uh, which sort of mecha- mechanize the sort of storytelling process too much. Uh, so my question is um, because I'm having trouble kind of parsing the issue about like the question of why don't we design NPCs more because it's so integral to my work as, as uh, when I write any text, uh, any RPG text, uh, and granted I, I, I write settings and or adventures, um, the, the NPC is the, is the primary tool uh, to create the set. Like, so like uh, in a lot of our Thousand Thousand Island scenes, uh, the, 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 the NPC, the the NPC generator, which is a bunch of tables, uh, giving you uh, a sort of a very strong, like a uh, f- physical, physical thing that people immediately see, and a very strong thing that they want to do, like this this person in the imagined space wants to do in that space, and just rolling on that to sort of create basically the town. Um, is that a like I'm, I'm wondering whether that is something that would apply to ga- games that uh, you folks also design, where it's basically the the characters and their wants are 
are basically what builds the world. And if any players interact with the world at all, then they have to interact with these NPCs. Otherwise, oh, you guys are not going to town at all. So just stay it up, camping, and being like I can, yeah, yeah. No, that that's absolutely sure. um, an example. Yeah. Um. So I have so, two games that I've designed that use NPCs in a strong mechanical way. If that would help, but go ahead. Like you, you, you had something to say. Go for it. No. So like, is the question then like is is by mac by by emphasis as a designer do do we then mean that uh how do we ensure that there is buy-in so um there's actually a good comment in the chat that the npc tables um in each of the thousand thousand islands are so evocative and telling about the setting itself they're golden nuggets of setting so you your npcs connect the setting to the players yeah and yeah. that's the kind of role um so i've designed two games that deal with npcs in different ways mm-hmm. in sig manual of the primes um the way that you uh set up the game is uh you put an index card um uh, between uh, each of the players, uh, the the player on the right and the player on the left. And then each of the two neighboring players contributes something from their character sheet onto that index card. So, for instance, we're both giants. So I write down giant on that index card. Uh, And my friend contributes, uh, we worship... Feralux, the Whisperer. Okay, so then that NPC is a giant who worships Feralux. So that is how that NPC knows the two of us and is effectively making a social connection between myself and those two other player characters through intermediaries. Which also means that I can do things like, I'm going to pull on this NPC, and now I've dragged two player characters along for the ride. Um, So it means that we've got, that I have a cast of people that can tug on different portions of the spider's web to move drama around. And 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 because of the because the players did find the sort of connections they have to these characters, they are uh, the, the 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 tugging is almost guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to um, just to like add to the concept of um, PCs having to go through NPCs, otherwise they won't like be in that place at all. Um, I think that that's actually a really clever way to to bring in NPCs and to make the PCs, I guess, um, be more attached because uh, they have some sort of, like, focal point, I guess, is a good word for it. Um, In the game that I'm designing right now, it's not out yet, but soon, hopefully. Uh, (laughs) Navithem, 
part of its setup is also that uh, you have two things. There, you you choose two NPCs to become your your um, peak and your shadow. Uh, when an NPC is your peak, they are kind of like uh, they're amazing to you. You have so much admiration for them, um, and you answer questions like why, like oh, why is it that they you admire them so much? Um, what happened in your life that made you admire them? Uh, what is it that they do that is so admirable? And then um, when they are your shadow, it's that sort of thing where you feel their influence in everything that you do. So this is different from admiration because shadow is more like, um, I suppose, the, the, the way that they, that they are in your, in your life is that there's so much of, of them also in you. So it's a little bit deeper than, say, peak. Peak is more like they're up on a pedestal for you. Well, shadow is like they're kind of like your best friend or something like that. So I personally think that um, uh, that's actually inspired by the PBTA sort of mechanic of bonds, and I, I turned it into peak and shadow because I can't imagine, for example, throwing them into um, just like a world without like any sense of I don't know why I'm here, <laughs> and. Um, like there are just some settings I think that is hard to to get invested mm. in and to exist in for PCs without without NPCs like what like what Zedek said um, without like sort always, of pre preloaded NPCs with yeah there's always right. that um, and when it comes to like NPC generators oh my gosh NPC generators used to like save my butt like all the time. <laughs> They would just be, because uh, because you know how you're running the game, right? And then all of a sudden your PCs just fixate on this random person yes, in the yes. center of town, right? And you're just like, what's their name? Like, uh, uh, their name is Mateo. <laughs> you just suddenly no, now have to figure out the life of this person. And, and then, the, and then think... the the Mateo becomes the focal point of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, when they I, when they ignore all their bonds or like their pre preloaded uh, of course things, yeah and, like, yeah Mateo is sure. the most interesting thing in the universe now yeah I would I would um, love for like more games for example to have more of an anchor for that the just in case your PC suddenly fixate on the old man in the, living by the well you know <laughs> that sort of thing I think that games should really explore those sorts of relationships more and um even more than that um another thing that i aim to also eventually explore in my designs is um what happens when those connections break or when those connections are or weaken over time right like like you your pcs go from say village to village or uh they they go away for a long time what happens then to your NPCs that are left there? Like, are they still friends? Or uh, is living away suddenly just like going to break your bond with, with those NPCs? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's those sort of things. I, I really hope to like explore that more uh, eventually in design. <laughs> so 
um, the other game that I have is a more complex system. Uh, like, system of NPCs that I wanted, that I think is also illustrative. So this is for my game After the War. Basic premise is you are all effectively unlinked survivors of a galactic war in this settlement. Now, there's a bunch of neighboring settlements that each have their own political goal um, and allegiances. All, uh, each of those other uh, settlements can be connected to one of the NPCs in your settlement. And the NPCs in your settlement can be connected to your PCs. So you never get a neighboring settlement directly affecting a player character. It always has to go through and be funneled through a non-player character who's important at the heart of your settlement and your community. Which means that you wind up getting some fun stuff where the military base is um, pulling on one NPC and uh -huh. the research station is is pushing on the other NPC and then that causes drama in the community. And if you try to disentangle it, you realize, oh, wait a second. This is because Black Sky Industries is doing something horrible over there. That's why we have problems. So it's a interface between these locations into these uh, non-player characters into the player characters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, it, it's these webs uh, where you can pull on one to affect the other mm -hmm. that I find as such an important mechanism. And there's so much potential on designing them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... So, uh, so the um, another good example of a game that goes in this general direction is Thirteenth um, Age. So mm, yeah. in Thirteenth Age, uh, there are thirteen icons, super yeah. important characters or gods or whatnot um, that are really important in the setting. And mm -hmm. all of your characters are connected to at least one of them. Possibly multiple. Um, what this means is you effectively, the interaction and interrelationships and feuds between these 13 super powerful characters will inherently pull on the group. And vice versa. Your actions as a group can pull on this uh, much larger conflict. Um, what happens if both of you share a bond to a single icon? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to cause some interesting discussions. Mm -hmm. Which I, I, does a good I job think... of anchoring you to place in the setting. Yeah. Yeah. And it could also work for a, a, a sort of a situation that's much smaller in scope. So the, yeah. these characters could be people in the same town that you grew up in. Uh, 
I mean, can I literally, literally the old man at the well? Yes. <laughs> Everyone knows the old man at the well. How do you know the old man at the well? I have used Clearly, the old man at enough. the well trope for several times. Yes. <laughs> I think I think one of my favorite things about like that sort of dynamic where several people know a single person or a, sing- a single NPC and then they kind of their their viewpoints are different every for every PC. Like um like maybe one PC views that person as a mentor, uh, the other one views them as a best friend, uh, the other one views them as a rival, you know that sort of thing. I think that um, uh, one of my favorite things to do is to really just kind of like um, let them huddle the PCs and tell them that okay, from what you see, this this NPC has plans to do X. What is, what, what do you think is your response to that? Um, and it can be very varied because sometimes like, what if, what if the X thing is directly uh, contrasting to the goals of the PCs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that creates more drama and more tension because then uh what if the the what what if the pc who is best friends with the npc who's trying to do this thing is like but i want them to succeed and so you know uh it's just fun for me to watch them do that (laughs) i i I love single npcs yes Uh, i was i was going to ask you like in in like uh i I guess ask the both of you like in, in a situation where the pcs all have where the players all have a relationship with a particular character, um, mm-hmm. and the relationship is not uh, the relationship has is a conflicting relationship. So it's, yeah. it's there is a potential to have uh, like your your mentor uh, killed my father, same mm-hmm. kind of yep. thing. And so, but and and the thing about it is that if because because some of the most rewarding sort of uh moments in my my game like it it, it it feels like it happened organically and or uh by serendipitously uh where uh there was an opportunity to basically say that uh to make this character uh to have that be surprising to the players and myself so that that the that these two relationships were the same character, uh, neither they knew beforehand nor I, except uh, when we played the session. There was an opportunity to to make that happen. Mm, okay, so it was, it was a bit of a play to find out moment. Am I right? Yeah, or yeah. The, rather the, yeah. the the sort of situations of like the relationships you had with different. People in the world worked out in games in game where uh, there was this there was this surprise moment of surprise. So um, I love using leading questions as a tool to create those. Yeah. <laughs> so why are you so uh, angry with this NPC that you've just met? 
Yeah. Have you ever uh, uh, dealt with this uh, old man at the well before? <laughs> um, when was the last time um, you saw this person? As a, like, hey, here's an opportunity for you to bring in a relationship. Um, mm -hmm. I love uh, specifically uh, the kind of, like, yep, this is my brother. This is my ex-husband. Mm -hmm. I love the, like, family and romance or uh, professional and religious, like, different spheres of life uh -huh. glomming onto the same NPC. Because it makes them feel a lot more rich and mm. um, well-rounded. I think what I did was, because um, I actually encountered something like that recently, um, there was this one NPC um, who was the love interest of one of the characters. And uh, the other character, the other PC, views that NPC as like an older brother, sorta, sorta way. Um, and what happened was uh, the the PC, PC two, caught PC one and NPC making out, <laughs> which is traumatizing good. PC two. And it was suddenly like, oh no! So there's like this odd feeling between them afterwards that that's like, uh, I don't know how to feel about this. I saw you and my brother making out. This I, is really I weird know. For me. That's so good. <laughs> and I think I what mean... what I think what I did was okay. Well, if you're feeling weird about each other, what if? Let's establish a scene. And what I did was essentially I established a scene, or we established a scene between those two PCs that potentially brought them closer together. So, sure, they feel awkward about the fact that the NPC is caught in the middle of this sort of situation. But now we've established that apparently the two PCs are also kind of close, and now they kind of can't really like escape the situation. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually um, they made up and we're like, you know, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what happened there. So if I can show another real jerk NPC mechanic I put in. Uh -huh. um, so in After the War, whenever your character would be killed, you had the option of instead sacrificing... Uh, one of the NPCs that you have a relationship with. Uh -huh. This means the best tactical decision that you can have is to form relationships, positive or negative, with as many NPCs as possible. Mm -hmm. Due to the law of conservation of NPCs, um, which, which is literally a whenever you can reuse an NPC, do it. Yes. Uh, um, I'm going to be introducing the old man at the well, and that's going to be the person that you need for the MacGuffin. And that's also going to be uh, your best friend from childhood. Yeah. Um, that means 
that if I decide that I'm going to uh, sacrifice my best friend from childhood, I've just effectively killed an NPC for someone else. And then you get all sorts of grief and mourning and the repercussions of that. Oh, the drama. So your incentive is to make as many relationships as possible. Mm-hmm. Because that is the tactical decision. <laughs> um, also, enemies count just as well. Yeah, they do. Uh, I've I've seen I've seen campaigns where the PCs get really attached to the villain um, in an almost like uh, hey, we haven't heard from our big bad in a while. How are they doing? <laughs> sort of way. <laughs> I've 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 listened in on campaigns like that before. I've always wanted to kind of like create. Uh, something like that, um, where a mechanic where uh, the villain is just as much like involved in the PCs' lives as like everybody else, um, because I think that that would be even more interesting. I suppose where uh, as opposed to like um, it's just it's just a face and a name that equals evil or something. I think. Like, imagine if, for example, your rival from childhood is suddenly the big bad. Like, that, what's that kind of a drama? Um, there's a trope <laughs> that I adore, which is the, like, the superhero and the supervillain share one person they both care about in common. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, oh, someone really hurt uh, uh, Miguel. So the superhero uh, turns around, looks the other way as the supervillain goes and gets revenge. <laughs> and, like, they have relationships. Yeah. It complicates things. Yeah. Um, so we currently have around 20 minutes left. Um, uh, I just want to... Yeah, sorry, I just want to interject with regards to the, the sort of mechanic that you brought up earlier, which I, which I'm having some trouble parsing because it does sound, I guess me, this is just me being squeamish. Maybe, uh, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like, um, the, uh, the, 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 the mechanic will result in players using, uh, uh people in the, granted in the imagined space, but using people as, uh, basically, uh, as, uh, Tactical chattel? Uh... Uh, yes. And there's a reason for it. The game itself is set 10 years after a galactic war where everyone's running around with trauma. Right. So, so everybody's treating people... people so everybody's people are, in... Yeah. You are, it's part of the design for people to dehumanize each other. Then, yep. And, and instrumentalize each other. Right. Because they right. have unhealthy coping mechanisms. I see, I see. So that's the, that's kind of the point of it. I, I see, I see now. Right. <laughs> You're right. No, that it's a real, like, terrible social thing. But mm. no, that's the point. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, like the... The... 
yeah, it's 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 pretty it's neat how how villainous the PC can be then. Yeah. As as but, well because as, the PCs, as players the PCs aren't killing them off. It's a purely narrative of well, I think like according to my sheet, mm. I have enough points that I would die. Instead, the story's gonna say that my best friend dies. Right, right. So it's not this the is... player characters choosing it, but it's the bleed of um, yeah, it's... the player making a cold-hearted decision. I, I guess where, where I'm having trouble with it as a, as a sort of design and a narrative thing is that like, it's kind of the opposite problem, or the, 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 the carbon opposite problem of the... You are getting points to be... to act morally... Yep. Uh, issue, which is which is then then if you as the player are not are getting more tickets to have your play character play a moral character, what's the meaning of that morality? Uh, so in my case, I know like I shouldn't be digging so much into my specific game, but this is all about community drama mm-hmm. and the integrity of a community. All of the NPCs that you got here are really important. They're vital links within that community. So when one of those uh, nodes within the community breaks, then the entire community gets destabilized. And those are the problems that the player characters are supposed to be dealing with. Yeah. But as players, you're encouraged to make the... Yeah. uh, To destabilize things for... You are allowed to just kill off your character. Oh. It's your choice. This is instead of your player character dying. I see. Huh. So there there is... Do you want to make the problem worse? Uh Uh-huh. It's up to you. Hmm. Okay, I see see, see the kind of... uh, so it is. It is. It is the mirror opposite then of the, yep. the thing yep. where. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a horror I'll have game. To pick so... that. I'll have to pick that up. <laughs> right, I, right, right, I'm right. so curious. <laughs> I, I'll have to pick it up because I'm so curious now. To because be, like, because it really is. It really is a challenge to the players themselves. Yep. How yeah. How moral will you act? Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. I find games on morality, so um, I don't have the proper words to describe how I feel about it because morality is so different across different like cultures and different like um, settings. Um, I don't know, like I I don't mm. know how to properly put a word to how I feel about like games that integrate morality because um, my context for example in like uh, say I don't know Philippine mythology for example uh, everything's so so neutral like yeah, you, yeah, they're yeah. our 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 deities or our our things just exist as is in in place um, there's no real good or bad. They're just there. 
So like when you when you play a game where the PCs themselves have to decide about like their morality and stuff, it's just I find that so. Uh, yeah, I think I think that, <laughs> yeah. I think this is where my this is where my sort of like difficulty yeah. is coming from uh, because the it's the inbaked sort of moral moral choices. Uh, yeah. That that like the mechanized moral choices that that, that yeah. sort of trip me up when yeah. when it comes to design like this. Yeah. Yeah, this is not a criticism. Oh, oh, no, no. Um, and there's a bunch of different. So there, there is one entire game, which uh -huh. is all about a deep dive into Catholic morality, ethics, uh, etc. There's an entirely different game, which is here's the sociology of a community. What's the pro-social community effect, and what's the anti-social uh, community effect? And each of those is a fascinating lens to look on community on NPCs and the kinds of dramatic challenges that you can present mm -hmm. and explore. Mm -hmm. um, it, there's a lot there, and I I wish that more people were playing with some of these tools because yeah. I'd love to see more. Um. I I think that like a way to also like play into say morality is also to put in concepts regarding like principles because um, that's a completely different thing, right? <clears throat> you can have this sort of morality, but with this sort of principle, and this mm. the pers a person with a different set of of morals and beliefs can have exactly the same principles. So yep. you can technically work together, but um in the end like what is truly the end game here that's sort of a thing that like it's a completely different story and a, probably a different conversation altogether but yeah sorry, I, sorry to have gotten into it, it, was, it <laughs> no was it's okay different. i i love it i i absolutely love it because then if you really think about it every npc also brings their own set of um morals and beliefs and 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 uh, I guess principles. And like, uh, there's a question in the chat earlier that I saw something about how how do you temper NPC influence towards PCs? And like, that's something that is also something that we can probably talk about because um, they can influence PC actions definitely. Like. An NPC can entirely make a PC believe that what they're doing is right, even though if you if you scale back, it could potentially harm uh, their entire village or something like that. You know, it's it's one of those things that like it also should probably be talked about when we What's get the context the of that. Uh, I I saw it in the in the chat like a while. Back. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few uh, questions in the chat that we so, should go through. So, sorry to. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah, so we've got about 10 minutes left. So mm -hmm. uh, so some of the comments in the chat that are worthwhile. Uh, find that NPCs personify places, game themes, and aspects of the narrative. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, oh, yeah, there is the fact that some NPCs are literally representing places. Mm. 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 Uh, yeah. Dresden Files does a fantastic job of this. 
if there's um, a bar, you create an NPC that is the bartender. And that's how you, you are putting a face to the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game made by Bim or uh, Mometos, uh, Children of Inang Uri, has you literally uh, living on technically an NPC. It's a living, breathing creature oh, <laughs> that is fantastic. that affects your your community life so that's also like you know npc as a place yeah oh that's brilliant uh so we have a mm. question from tome of tomes how do you strike a balance between of uh, writing npcs within with uh intention for uh pcs to interface with the setting but in a way that still provides pc narrative authority and story centricity Wow, that's uh. Let me think about that. It's a question. <laughs> what a question! Wait. <laughs> um. Hmm. So the question, yeah, go for it. I was gonna, like, so the. What does it? What does? Uh. So I guess I guess I, I need to preface this by context also because I run games which are where where I do tell my my players we'll discover who you guys are in, in as we play and because that's the principle of it, the how they interact with the the NPC and what the NPC wants is the centrality of their narratives. Um, so the the idea is that the the NPC is an integral, then becomes an integral part of whatever character arc they might be going through. Um, I'm not sure how true this is with uh, how other people run their games. I mean, yes, I view that this is actually a question of active versus reactive NPCs. Mm. Right. Is this an NPC walking <laughs> up to the PC saying, look, you have to do this because X, Y, Z? Or is this a situation that the, P- that the NPC is sitting there, and if you come up and talk to them, they'll give you some information? Mm-hmm. Um, I see the, um, an NPC comes up and demands that you do something and is being pushy and is trying to shape your narrative. Like that—that's a thing. You still get to choose how you respond to it, so you still have player agency. Right. But yeah, yeah, super active NPC, a GM NPC can railroad things and push things along in a way. I see. I see. I see the problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in in which case, it's a problem of dramaturgy, then, right? Um, yeah, it is. It's a uh, like. You don't want a you don't want a P- P- NPC to, to come up and be a be a, be a unskippable cutscene, and you don't want a PC yeah, to, be a, to be a to be a to be a to be exclamation point. But those two are are almost like how I I think those two extremes are almost how uh, we are kind of couched into thinking yep. uh, binarily in in terms of like oh it's such it's it's like such a video game whereas there, there are any numbers of ways to sort of like uh, to block a situation, uh, blocking as in like state stage a situation where there is there is a happening 
as you as you roll into town where something is happening and uh, this the the scene that is happening is something that as a as a as a game writer or a game designer you know that your your players would respond to or be likely to respond to uh, and and sort of create situations or st story blocks that feed into having that uh, happen more i i personally think it's all about impact isn't it like hmm. um it depends on I, the npc's impact like if do they feel like an a, a character that that yeah. the pcs will respect such that they will listen and they will they will take the advice of the the npc or is it more of a is it more just this is a random person in town and it just so happened that they overheard a plot hook from them. I guess yeah. it's impact. I, it's always about impact. I, I had a question, uh, like regarding impact. I had I had a question in my notes about this. It's like uh, that that I I was wondering whether you guys have uh, like how do you uh, <clears throat> because I, because there, there there's this cool episode that I have happening. But if the NPC doesn't like between me describing this this. This character and and the players uh, sort of experiencing these characters in their this character in their imagination, there is not enough sort of uh, they're not seeing it, they're not seeing uh, them, uh, so they they're just rolling by because oh it's just a it's just a dude sitting on a bench as opposed mm -hmm. to like it's a dude that had uh, that that dropped a. a, a a thing that rolled up to you, and there were this this seal is the seal of the whole empire. Uh, <laughs> I love that. How do you how do you how do you how do you create NPCs that um, have that kind of impact? Like they are immediate. They they have a visceral reaction to uh, for the players. Hmm. I think. Uh... I think it really depends also on um, how your your characters were created at onset. Right. It, um, if if you have provisions in your game that talk ab that let the the players and the player characters talk about what is important to them, what uh, what is key to their story, it is easier to make impact as an NPC. Like you said, um, the rolling insignia of like the emperor or something. Um, <clears throat> maybe that is impactful to the PC, precisely because say they served under under mm. the emperor before, so it catches their eye, right? Like without you having known that about the the PC, um, that would not really be impactful or anything like that. I think that. There should also like beyond having scaffolding for creating NPCs. There should also be scaffolding in games that really bring out what it is about the 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 PC that makes the PC the PC. I guess, right. or at least that's how I how I negotiate impact. Surface area that 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 grinds with the PC. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Especially if you're played to find out, right? 
uh, when you're when you're running games that are played to find out, you get like base level of of the PC at the very beginning. But then when you create the mystery of the say the rolling insignia, what the when you're on play to find out, you now then get to create something else entirely about the hmm. PC that affects them in that certain way right there on the spot. So like that's also, you know, I think that's how that maybe that's a good way to to man to manage impact. Um I think so at least. It brings people in at least. I mean I have a dramaturgy style answer to this is you find out what is important what are the thematic elements that are key to the player characters and then you reincorporate those through npcs yeah uh so for instance um if one of your player characters was a soldier then you have a washed up veteran uh who's begging uh for coin and the fact that you are bring you're reincorporating those elements of their backstory and you're giving them a human interaction an opportunity to feel empathy for this npc that is a way of building that connection and having a greater impact so um that's just my last thoughts before we start to sign off uh so where can folks interact with uh, you and <clears throat> give you money, all the monies. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's start with Sin. Where can people find um, you and monies you? Hi. Uh, so uh, again, I'm Sin. I am Diwata ng Manila on Twitter uh, or Diwata Manila. Uh, I have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Diwata MNL. Um, and then I have my itch, which is uh, Um Yeah, you can find all of my games there, uh, and you can support me on Patreon. My lowest is at a dollar. <laughs> so it's just a dollar per month, yay. <laughs> That's me. Uh, How about you, Zedek? Uh, yep, yeah, I'm Zedek. Uh, I'm ZDXU on social media generally. Uh, and you can find my stuff, and our stuff, I would say, at 1000thousandislands.com. Uh, PDFs yeah, available. And, and if people can post links in here, um, that would be good. Uh, so give right. links to your, uh, to your itch accounts, etc. Uh, on the chat? Okay. Yeah, in the chat, so the f- people can find us. Uh, this is yeah, the, so the double exposure server. Uh, the the Twitch chat, if you can, and the double exposure panel cast. Uh, all these things are good. Um, uh, I can try to figure it out as well. Uh, so uh, for me, I'm Genesis of Legend Publishing, and if you want to help me out. Go check out uh, some of the amazing games that are currently on offer for the uh, Metatopia bundle. There is a co-op bundle full of uh, super amazing games, and all proceeds go towards the fine folks who are running Metatopia uh, and certain panelists. This includes uh, my game Palanquin, which is a game about... um, uh, 
NPCs who are escorting the princess to her aunt's palace after a palace coup. And I believe uh, you have a game in here, don't you, Sin? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I have my succulent sorcerers. Uh, the succulent sorcerers is a uh, game where you play as uh, sentient garden plants, <laughs> and uh, you go on adventures and you try to defend your home against uh, bugs that try to eat you. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so I recommend that people uh, check it out, pick up a whole bunch of experimental games, and have fun. Uh, so, thank you all for coming, uh, particularly at this late hour for folks EST. Uh, so, uh, have an excellent evening. <laughs>